It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Let's go, back to your huddle. On Giants.com. Tempo, tempo, tempo. And the Giants mobile app. Go, 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 go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Welcome to the newest episode of the Giants huddle podcast. John Schmelk with you. We get ready for the Giants and the Las Vegas Raiders at MetLife Stadium on Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock. Today, we have three guests. We have Vic Tafer. He joins Lance Meadow and Paul Dottino to preview the Raiders. He covers them for The Athletic. Bob Pop, as always, talks to Giants head coach Joe Judge. And I speak to Giants right now left tackle Matt Parrott, second-year player out of UConn. But first, as a reminder, you can find the Giants Huddle Podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms at Giants.com slash podcast and on the Giants mobile app. Find the subscribe. Leave a five-star positive review. And if you know friends that are Giant fans, please tell them about the podcast. Word of mouth is the best way to grow these things. All right, let's get started, and we'll lead off with my interview with Giants offensive tackle Matt Pear. Matt, what's going on, man? How's it going? How's it going? Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for being with us. Uh, we, we spoke this offseason, and you uh-huh. talked about you know, how useful it was to get that rotational playing time last year. Well, mm-hmm. what has the experience been the last two weeks being the Giants starting left tackle? I mean, it's been amazing. Um, this would be, uh, you know, have the opportunity to go out there with, the, you know, my brothers, um, and just be able to compete with them and, um, you know, grow with them. Uh, it's truly been an amazing experience. Like, you know, it's like I'm playing for my hometown team. So um, just to add on to that, it's just like honestly a dream come true. Now, obviously, you have experience playing left tackle going back to your time at UConn. Yes, sir. And you, they always make sure they move you guys everywhere. But uh-huh. in the summer, you primarily were at that right tackle spot, uh-huh. right? So how big of a change was that? How much were you actually in, in practice that we don't see during the regular season mm-hmm. sneaking in there at left tackle? Mm-hmm. Just what was that whole process like? I mean, Coach Sale, Coach, um, Coach, Sale, Coach Wilkinson, and Coach um, uh, Flaherty, they do a great job with, um, you know, making sure that, you know, we do we cross-train. So, you know, when times like this happens, um, you know, it's just a seamless transition. And, you know, um, I truly, like, you guys don't see it, but, yeah, there's been times where it's, like, a lot of cross-training going on. That's very good. Um so what what is the biggest change for you when when you're making that adjustment? Is it foot placement? Is it just getting your arms right? Because everything's kind of opposite, right? Your outside arm mm-hmm. is your left arm versus your right arm mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, when you're switching, um, uh, honestly, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> Something like you know, it, we just do it so often that it's kind of like it's not really a like a major thought. It's kind of like you just have the opportunity to go out there, so you just go out there and play without having that conscious effort of thinking about your feet and your hands. Um, so right now, um, I feel like. Once, yeah, honestly, we just work it so much in practice that it's kind of like seamless. I, I can't really answer that question. Well, it's kind well, of weird. well, you know, <laughs> well, I think for someone like you, it makes sense, right? You played two full years at UConn on uh-huh. the left side. You've done it here, so I guess for you, and and we get this question from fans, so I'm going to ask you. It's pretty. Both sides are equally natural for you. Like it doesn't matter for you what side you're on. Yeah, like I said, we do such a great job of cross training here. Um, you know, like I said during the off season, whether it be right or left. Um, you know, like Coach Sale does a really good job of making sure you're prepared for the job. Um, once your footwork is fine, just you know, being an offensive lineman, being physical at the point of attack. So when you looked at the tape the last two weeks, how would you? Give your own little self-evaluation of, of how you did a left tackle over those two games. Um, I definitely did some good things. Definitely did some things I definitely need to correct. Um, you know, just having a mentality of understanding what the defense sees um, in regards to, like, you know, where they can attack me and um, just making sure I refine those and just making sure I work on those so that, like, you know, don't have those same um, small little lapses here and there. Um, um, but overall, like I said, just just working on the good and trying to fix the bad. I love to not get, even the bad, just fixing the things I can fix. Well, of course. I'd love to get into details with you because I think it's interesting the last two weeks, and it makes sense, you're playing some very good pass rushes, good pass rush, uh-huh. good pass rush teams. You know, when you have a guy 
that you know is going to chip for you, for example, or you know the pockets are moving a certain way, or it's a play-action pass. How important is it for you as a young player to understand the play concept which then adjust your technique on how you're trying to block the guy in front of you? Um, that's the name of the game. Um, you know, regards to the technique, you're, I mean, regards to the play scheme, your technique has to change. Uh, you can't be a one-trick pony. Um, um, uh, you can't be a one-trick pony, especially in this league, because you know the guy against you is just so—they're um, very talented, and you know you keep hitting them with the same thing over and over, then they're going to adapt. So you have to be able to adapt. And um, sorry, so that's right, man. <laughs> um, so, uh, regards to whatever scheme we're running, definitely you have to change your technique, um, and just making sure that you have the mentality of um, going out and competing at the end of the day. I- I've seen some linemen on tape, and I haven't seen this with you at all, but they sometimes get thrown off sometimes when they have uh-huh. a chipper on their outside, uh-huh. right? And sometimes you don't quite know where to go. You got to uh-huh. play the inside, but then he gets uh-huh. outside. So, how do you have to play differently when you know you have that running back or tight end that's going to be on your outside shoulder giving mm-hmm. you that chip? Um, I mean, just. Uh, from the top down, just having, like, you know, if the tight end's next to me and I'm not getting a chip, just having his presence there, you know, it, it alters his rush. They alter the defensive rush because in their mind they have to think, oh, I could potentially have a chip. Let me change up my rush lane. So just having that word of thought, just knowing that, you know, just having a tight end's presence there um, automatically adjusts, adjusts the defense technique. And if you add on top of that, when they do decide a chip, it's also going to change how they rush because, you know, different defensive linemen, they play chips different. You know, some people like to bump into the chip. Some people like to completely avoid the chip. Yep. Some people like to do a natural where the chip takes them into uh, a game where where I have to bump off on the three-tech and uh, make sure that my guard knows that, yo, I'm here on the three-tech, you get the defensive end looping in. So, like I said, just like like what I said before, having the wherewithal to understand, like the concept changes how you approach your technique in regards to the play. So, um, uh, yeah, me going on right now, I completely slipped on my mind the question. But no, just it's, having it's a great the, answer. It's just, a great you answer. You just need to understand that, like, you know, at the end of the day, when you have chip help, you just have to, like I said, just understand where your help is, what your technique has to be, and react when the ball snapped. <laughs> no, that, that's exactly the question asked. That's perfect. And I think the last couple of weeks, I and you, you, I would love to get your opinion, I think Jason Garrett's done, done a really good job um, to help the offensive line a little bit, right? You, you've gotten the ball out pretty quick. You've had some moving mm-hmm. pockets. you had some chips. What do you think about what you've seen from the offensive scheme the last two weeks where you're working in conjunction with Daniel and the tight ends and the running backs to just make sure that he's protected back there? Um, I mean, honestly, from the top down, as an offensive line, we try to take it one play at a time. And, you know, we just uh, making sure that we try to keep Daniel as clean as possible. Um, and, you know, uh, we just have the mindset of, like, keeping the up the – front three guys, center and two guards, making sure that they're from up front and the tackles, make sure you keep the width of the pocket. Um, and just having that same mentality that, that like that's our MO and that's what we want to do. And um, yeah, just keep going on, keep keep building on that every single week. You gotten so many reps going back to training camp practice, going back to the joint practices, preseason games, now in the regular season games. Where do you think you've made the most progress since you got back here uh, in the summer where you're trying to improve and become a better offensive lineman? Um, I think I've just been steadily improving. Um, like I said, I always want to become a better student in the game and just find, like, you know, um, different ways I could definitely overall um, – different ways I could build my um, uh, skill set and my overall football IQ. Um, I, I feel like, you know, I've made tremendous strides um, from year one to year two. Um, you know, getting bigger, stronger, faster, refining technique even more. Um, working with my coach, like Coach Sale, Coach Will, Coach Flats, with like who have like a full body of knowledge when it comes to football. Um, just um, finding the tidbits here and there, and those like sweet little um, gems of knowledge that they have. Because you know, like these guys, they've studied this. Like you know, this is their job. So just having that mentality, even like with the offensive line, like looking after guys like Nate, Will. Um, 
Billy, uh, Matt Skurra, like all oh, those piggybacking off those guys, Corey Cunningham, uh, even even Andrew Thomas, Shane Lemieux, all oh, everybody, just taking like bits and pieces of knowledge from everybody and just making sure I could, you know, add it to my game, refine it, and go out there and play. There are a lot of new names in that room coming in and out, dude. Don't feel bad. There's a hey, lot of, hey, there's a lot of injuries, dude, man. As soon, as soon as they're in the room, we, we count them as brothers. You know, How does that uh, work, really. by the way? Tr- trying to deal with all the injuries and the moving pieces like Nick, Shane, they're gone. Andrews, he's gone. New guys are coming in. Ben comes in. And then he gets hurt. Yeah. Matt comes in. Uh, yeah. Even going back to the offseason, Looney comes in and mm-hmm. retires. Uh-huh. What has this, that whole process been for you guys trying to find that chemistry that makes an offensive line work? I mean, as an offensive line, whoever steps in our room, we consider them to be brothers. Um, um, you know, because at the end of the day, we're all trying to do the same thing and have the same goal in mind. Um, so whoever's on the field, um, we're just going to go to war with them. And whoever's in our meeting room, we all know that we're trying to get each other better. Um, you know, just just like, you know, if I miss something, I know for some fact that, like, they're going to – like, if I miss something, um, they're, uh, one of my offensive line brothers is going to come to me like, hey, this. If they miss something, I'll go to them like, hey, this. You know what I mean? So it's, it's honestly, at, at the end of the day, it's offensive line play, it's camaraderie. And, you know, I'll go, I'll go to war with anybody that's on the field with me. But the, it, it, no question. But in terms of the chemistry on the field, like how much did you even work with Matt at, at left guard when you mm-hmm. moved in there at left tackle? Did you guys have a lot of work together? How has it been trying to build chemistry with him on things like those twists and those stunts that mm-hmm. you were talking about? I mean, that's what I said um, earlier when um, with the cross training. Um, definitely had a you know a few reps here and there with Skur because like, like I said, playing both right and left, and obviously Skur. Um, you know, he could play anything from right guard, left guard to center, um, you know, because he's just a talented player as well. So it's just having that wherewithal, just understanding that, you know, um, like I said, we just do a great job of making sure that, you know, whatever position you are out there, you can just go in there and play, play fast. Now, it's pretty obviously it didn't impact you given and how well you've come in and played. But obviously you're in a competition to get a starting spot out of training camp. Mm. Nate Solder ended up being the starter on the right side. Mm-hmm. Was that a dis- disappointment for you? And just how did you handle that? mentally where it, you didn't let it get you down and you just kind of kept rolling forward? Um, I just took it as a learning opportunity. Um, you know, uh, Nate's a tremendous talent. Um, you know, he shows up every single day to work. And, like, he's had such a body of knowledge that, like I said, he's one of the guys I truly lean on just to, like, you know, um, break down the game even more. Um, and uh, how he breaks down pass rushers, how he breaks down, like, you know, what he's going to do with his technique. Um, you know, just just – like, like I said, he's just a tremendous talent, and, you know, he earned his right to become the right tackle. Um, and for me, I just took it as a learning curve and just, you know, hide that mentality of always staying ready. So when my numbers co- when my number comes up, I, you know, I'm able to get in there and, um, you know, not miss a beat. Um, and, yeah, that was just my mentality moving forward. Now, I know the type of guy Nate is, so I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this question already. But how much as a veteran, even though you guys were in competition, was he helping you become a better offensive tackle? Oh, every single day. Every single day. Um, you know, I, you know, I'm a guy that likes to ask uh, questions. <laughs> um, you know, especially from player to player. Um, and Nate was always there to like, you know, um, give me an answer how he see things, how he saw, how he saw things in regards to the field. And you know, Nate's always the, uh, you know, um, he's always like, he's always there making sure that everything's like, you know, everything's moving. Um, <laughs> it's just always funny to think about. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> you just think about different moments every once in a while. But yeah, uh, yeah, he's 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 amazing. He's a great leader. Um, I definitely learned so much from him, and um, honestly, I'm I'm fortunate to have him in the offensive line room. I see you laughing and smiling. Do you want to share one of those moments with you? <laughs> with us? That, no, no, that's definitely something bad. You know, uh, something funny or maybe. Uh, I don't know if I can, man. Or maybe something a little heartwarming that uh, makes people feel good about the offensive I mean, line. What do you got for me? I mean, uh, I mean. <laughs> you got to see that he's smiling wide. He's smiling ear to ear, folks. I had to ask him. Man, I'm just a, I'm just a guy that smiles a lot. Um, you know, it's just, honestly, I, it's to keep it short and sweet. I mean, there's just times, like I said, he's just one of the guys where it's one of the things where if I miss on the field, he's just be like, hey, 
you know, just remember this, this, and X, Y, and Z, and I'm like, okay, cool, and then when I go back on the field, remember X, Y, and Z, and execute it, you know what I'm saying, and the same way, so it's like, you know, it's just having that feedback where, like, you know, he has my back, I have his back, so, like, you know, if, if we have rushes that flip, um, that like to flip to the strength or whatever, it's like, sure. oh, he hit me with this, this, and this, and, like, you know, and I'll tell him, or he'll tell me, like, he hit me with this, and this, so we have it in our mind of knowing what to expect, because, you know. That's how it is during game time. <laughs> now, so, you, yeah. Yeah, you've dealt with some really good rushers already this year, but I'm speaking for myself now. You can disagree. I think this is going to be your biggest test this week. You got Max Crosby coming in, bunch of sacks. Yannick Ngakwe has been a top passer in this league for a long time. Depending, you know, I think you'll probably see Ngakwe a little bit more than Crosby based on how they've lined up, but you're mm. probably going to see both of them. I'm sure mm. you've studied both of them. Mm. How are they different? How are they similar, and what makes them so dangerous? Um, You know, uh, when you look at them from the top down, like the Raiders, they you know, they they know what they like to do and they excel at it very well. I mean, like you said, like you know, these guys have the success and the name and the claim that they have. Um, so in regards to that, like you know, just having the wherewithal, just understand like we, what we talked about, like you know, in regards to whatever scheme we're running, um, you know, we have to make sure that we execute the respective technique to that specific scheme, and let's make sure at the end of the day, you go out there and um, keep it simple and just play football. Um, you know, and that's that's just the mentality I feel like, you know, we all have. And, you know, just take it, uh, take it, play. <laughs> Sorry, it's getting tongue-tied. Just keep taking it, play after play, and then you know, just go on there and play football. You know they want to get upfield. That's what Rod Marinelli yep. does. They want to get upfield, upfield, upfield. What are some of the things you guys can do to try to take advantage of that? You know, guys try to get upfield. They, that can cause some pretty big lanes sometimes, mm-hmm. but that you guys can make some big gains. Um, like I said, like, I, like whatever, in regards to whatever scheme and technique that we're going to run, um, just making sure that we go out there and execute every day because, you know, like I said, these guys are great pass rushers, so we just have to make sure that we're on it and go out there and compete every single snap. Matt, great stuff, man. Really appreciate the time. Best of luck on Sunday. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Shout out to my mom. She's uh, Shout she, out to anybody you want, baby. Uh, I, shout I'm out from to Brooklyn, PS- man. I know it. <laughs> uh, shout out to mom. Shout out to PS53. Shout out to my Hall 3. Um, who else? Yeah, shout out to the Bronx. Love Hometown it. boy, Matt Parrott, baby. It's still the second best bro to Brooklyn, but that's okay. We thank him for joining us. First best, first best. <laughs> Fun conversation with Giants left tackle Matt Parrott. The Delta variant is spreading quickly in all areas of New York State. People who are not fully vaccinated are at greater risk from COVID-19. Protect yourself, get vaccinated. Visit ny.gov slash get vaccinated or talk to your healthcare provider. All right, now let's go on to our next guest. He's Vic Tafer. He covers the Las Vegas Raiders for The Athletic. He had a chance to talk to Lance Meadow and Paul Dottino. It's a quick turnaround for the Giants following Monday Night Football as they'll host a team from the AFC West for the second straight week. The first place, Las Vegas Raiders, who come in at 5-2. and two. And to get more into the Raiders, we're now joined by Vic Tafer, who covers the team for The Athletic. Vic, you got Lance Meadow and Paul Dottino here. Greatly appreciate the time today. Hope all is well. How's everything on your end? It's all right. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to deal with um, this horrible tragedy that happened last week, and then we'll see how the team uh, plays this weekend. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because let's start with the fact that the Raiders have certainly been dealing with a lot off the field over the last few weeks. John Gruden, now Henry Ruggs. Vic, based on how Rich Bisaccia, the interim coach, handled that adversity, they come in winners of two straight. How much does that, even though these circumstances are very different, I completely understand that, but perhaps better prepares them to navigate what they're now dealing with? Yeah, people say that you know, a lot, but I'm not sure there's any, like you said, no, no real comparison. I think this is just a, you know, a kind of an unprecedented tragedy. Someone lost their life, and Henry Ruggs' life is obviously ruined, and a lot of their lives are ruined. So I'm not really, 
I have no idea how they're going to respond. I don't know if Rich or and Derek Carr yesterday said that the team was uh, was fine football wise, they were in the right mindset. But I don't think he knows. I just think, um, you know, I just think it's it's uh, horribly sad. I just don't don't know how you factor in playing football at this point for these guys. But we'll, we'll see you on Sunday. You know, you mentioned the 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 issues that that are clearly going around that locker room. Rick, I got to ask you. I mean, how can these guys even think about focusing on football? Because, uh, look, I'm assuming that Ruggs was well liked in that locker room. I don't know that. You would know better than I. But from from some of the comments that I've heard around the league, it does seem like he had a large group of friends. Yeah, no doubt. I think that uh, you know um, he worked hard in this off season. To uh, he got bigger and he got better as far as running his routes more physically. He definitely made a breakthrough on the field, and he was kind of showing why I picked him so high. I think he was also emerging as a leader on the team. The guys liked his energy. He had a big smile, and so I just think you know I think that's part of the whole you know shock of it is that you know this guy at the you know the top of his. Of the, you know, it was arc right now. It just went out and made some really bad decisions after a night drinking, and now you know, so many lives have been ruined. I don't know how. You know, I think the, you wonder if these guys can turn it off for three and a half hours on Sunday, or if they will be thinking about it. I don't know how they're going to respond. But he was definitely a popular guy. I'm going to add to the uh, the numbness around the facility this week. Vic, with respect to the X's and O's, with Ruggs out of the equation, there's a guy that was leading the team in receiving yards, tied for the team lead in receiving touchdowns. Derek Carr is having statistically a solid season, and he seems to be thriving particularly, Vic, with the deep ball. So how does the dynamics of the offense change now that Ruggs is no longer in the equation? Yeah, you can't replace his speed. Obviously, he's the fastest, uh, one of the you know, two or three fastest guys in the league, and definitely showing that as far as his ability to stretch the field, but uh, they're definitely very high on Zay Jones. They've been high on him the last couple of years. He gave them work harder this offseason. He and Derek Carr, Derek will mention, like when they're throwing the ball around in March, he's the only guy who can, can call it whatever hour, and Zay will come out and play catch with them. So they're, they're very tight. I know Greg Olson is high on him. I'm not sure about his deep you know, abilities being similar to the rugs, but definitely he's a he can be a big play guy. I think he'll, he'll fill in there. So as far as depth-wise, you know, and the guy who has to play now. I think they're okay with it being Zay Jones. They're actually they're very confident in Zay. Well, Derek Carr's had a terrific year. He obviously has weapons in the passing game. The running game, well, those numbers are not very spectacular. In fact, they're they're rather substandard. In your opinion, is that because they just haven't been able to get the run game going because the backs aren't good enough? I know Jacobs has been hurt. The offensive line doesn't block well for the run. Lord knows the Giants have had those kinds of problems here in East Rutherford. Or is it just that they just want to be a pass-happy team? No, they, they want to run the ball. Both when John Gruden was here and even now, I think the, the biggest problem has been the offensive line. I think they um, you know, they had these uh, these injuries. They lost Denzel Good and Richie Incognito uh, before the year. Richie may come back in the next couple of weeks, but Denzel Good's out for the year. So, had to replace those two guards. They moved Alex Otherwood inside. He's been okay um, at, at guard. So I think they hope that they've gotten better the last two weeks. They hope that continues uh, this week. Connected to that, Vic, as we're taping this, it looks like a relatively clean injury report for the Raiders, which I'm assuming would be expected given the fact that they're coming off the bye. But Josh Jacobs was dealing with a chest injury he suffered in Week 7, and Darren Waller did not play in that game. Health-wise, how do those two guys look and what it would mean to get Waller back even though they did win their previous game without him? 
Yeah, both those guys look good in practice. I think they're going to be fine. I think uh, you know, Waller had a huge first week that kind of started spreading the ball out more after that. But now, with Ruggs being out, I definitely think he'll go back to probably being the number one guy to really look for on third downs and in the red zone. So I think he's going to have a big week this weekend. All right, let's flip it to the other side because Ngakwe and Crosby have had a terrific year getting after the quarterback on the end of the line. Uh, they're not blitzing anybody. I mean, they've got the lowest blitz percentage in the league because these guys up front are, are getting the pressure that they need to get by themselves. How much does that surprise you? Well, I guess a little bit, but definitely it was a huge focus in the offseason. You know, they brought in Gus Bradley and it kind of gave him a, the car bunch to add the guys he wanted. And Gakwe was a guy he knew from their days together in Jacksonville. And he's an impact player. Both he and Max Crosby are kind of the leaders of the defense. And they're definitely getting a big time rush from the outside. They also brought in, you know, Quentin Jefferson, a very solid, savvy veteran. And Solomon Thomas, the kind of guy who uh, was a little bit of a flop with the Niners, but definitely I think they liked his effort and they thought he'd be able to bounce back. And those guys have given him a big push inside. So just the whole revamping. The D-line under Bradley has been, I think, the biggest story as to why they're doing so well this year. We're talking with Vic Tafer, who covers the Raiders for The Athletic. Vic, they certainly have turned things around, as you were just discussing, from a pressure standpoint, sack standpoint, considering where they were a season ago. But the number, I think, that really jumps off the page, and not for good reasons, is their run defense. They're 29th in the NFL. They're giving up 131 yards per game. What seems to be the issue there? Is it the linebacker play? Is it the inability of the front to help slow that down? If you had to point your finger or put it on some area, why are they struggling in that department? I think just because uh, I think they are so good at, at rushing the passer. I think teams have, so they have to run the ball, so there's probably an effort to do that. I think the linebackers have not been great, but been pretty pretty solid. I mean, Denzel Perriman's been a guy who came in off the you know off the trash heap and has been playing pretty well for him. So I think um, I think it's definitely a focus they haven't had this last few weeks. They want to do better there, and it's not like all a huge bodies inside; they're more kind of a, a lean front, but. Um, I don't think they're as bad as the numbers indicate, but also if you are going to beat them, that's how you do it. you got to run the ball uh, against the Raiders. Looking at their defensive third down percentage, 12th best in the league, only allowing just about 39% on third down conversions. Is that primarily because of the pass rush, or is there something else there that's inhibiting offenses from continuing drives? I think it is a pass rush. Plus, I think they've had a good play out of their safeties. I think that's been a problem for them. Uh, going back almost almost uh, two decades, but they drafted Trayvon Morick, who's been a real nice addition, a very solid, steady player. Who uh, I think at some point will flash more as far as their interceptions, but he's just kind of fighting his feet a little bit. And I think Jonathan Abrams made some nice adjustments. Uh, he struggled the last couple of years. He's been a more of a patient player. He's thrived under Gus Bradley. So I think those two guys are more reliable on the back end, and, and then safeties have been in the past, so there's less mistakes uh, on that back end. Vic, on a related note to the secondary, before we let you go, Brandon Faison, they just added, he's been with the team for three games. I know he was with Gus Bradley going back to their Chargers days. It seems as if in a small sample size, he's made quite the significant impact in terms of the secondary. How fair of an assessment is that, and how much of a lift do you think he's maybe given this secondary? Yeah, he's been great. He's, you know, he's a very physical, kind of long corner, which uh, Bradley likes. And I think right now, it's like there's eight guys now who've played for Bradley in the past. And that number's up to eight now. And they've all come in, whether it was with the Chargers or with Jacksonville. Uh, they've all come in and played well. So it just shows you that they, uh, I guess, they were able to work it. I think uh, I also should mention on the other side, uh, Casey Hayward's having a phenomenal year at cornerback. He's been the shutdown corner 
which I think was a surprise for most people. Kind of saw him linger there in the free agent market last offseason, so he's been huge for them as well. So Gus Bradley now has two former Chargers corners on each end now that he's with the Las Vegas Raiders. He is Vic Tafer, who covers the team for The Athletic. Vic, greatly appreciate the time and the insight. Look forward to this Sunday's game. Thanks so much. All right, guys. Take care. That's Vic Tafer. He covers the Raiders for The Athletic. Fans, don't miss out on our return to Giants football. The 2021 season might be about halfway through, but there's still time to secure your season tickets and root on your Giants at MetLife Stadium. Or if you prefer, you can take on all the action of Giants football from your very own private suite. Suites are a great way to entertain the family and friends while rooting on your Giants at MetLife Stadium. Speak with a Giants ticket representative now and become a season ticket member or ask about a possible suite by calling 888-NYG-1925. All right, finally... Bob Papa, the voice of the Giants, talks to the head coach of the Giants, Joe Judge. As always, we're joined by the head coach of the New York Giants, Joe Judge. Coach, first I want to go back to sort of always having to have plans in place, right? You get back from Kansas City, there's a whole bunch of false positives. Just talk about the way you and your staff were able to execute this week with the players to get prepared for this game. Yeah, I'd say the biggest thing we really did uh, was at the end of last year, went back and reviewed everything we did. And we kind of put contingency plans in place based on what worked for us last year and what we thought we could improve on knowing that this could always be a possibility in the future. And although at the end of last year kind of seemed to a lot of us that, Hey, maybe this will never come back up. We want to make sure we had it. So, you know, as it happened, to be honest with you, we kind of play, pulled the plan out of it in terms of having virtual meetings and how we practice on the field and what we're allowed to do. And we just went ahead with that. You know, obviously it takes a lot more gymnastics with the players doing virtual meetings and staggering their entrance into the building and making sure you organize everything from, the weight room being available to meals for them to grab and go to how you're going to practice on the field it involves more walkthroughs pre-practice because of the limitations restrictions you have through the meetings throughout the day. But I thought our guys responded to it well. You know, it was a deal where they showed up really most of the team was in the building on Thursday morning and we had to go down there and tell everyone to leave, you know, leave and sign back in at 930. We'll have a squad meeting and update you on what's going on. They went home, met for a few hours and then drove back over here, practice, drove back home and we reviewed the tape through Zoom. So you know, I thought our team did a good job, and we just kind of made sure that we had a plan on the front end so when it happened, we could make sudden change. Coach, uh, going back to Monday night's game as it relates to the game this week, um, for instance, last week you faced a top tight end. This week you have another top tight end. Uh, they got speed on the outside. Your physicality last week was outstanding pretty much at the point of attack. Is, is it a similar kind of game plan to try to slow down the explosive plays that the Raiders can hit you with? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think this team is a very balanced team, you know, very balanced. They get the explosive plays down the field, but this is also a very run first team. You know, they play a lot of that 21 and 12 personnel, 22 personnel where it's, you know, tight ends and backs on the field. And they're going to get the run going, set up the screens and play actions and then take their shots down the field and they calculate. And, you know, Carr's doing really a great job this year of getting the ball stretched down the field. And they're leading the league right now in explosive plays, explosive passes down the field. So you've got to make sure you defend the deep part of the field. That's similar to last week as well. You know, obviously the run game showed up a little bit in our game last week in Kansas City, but it's definitely a main focal point against this team because that's really how they're going to go ahead and try to set the game off. And they really want to control the pace of the game with time of possession and chewing up clock through the run game. Coach, one of the other things that they do very well is protect the football. So, you know, they're one of the few teams in the NFL that doesn't have a fumble lost. Uh, but when opportunities arise, it's something that you guys have to be aware of and pounce on, right? Yeah, absolutely. We, we've shown all the team, all the clips, and they've definitely done a good job taking care of the ball. I think the message really had to the players this week was it's not that the ball hasn't been on the ground. They've just recovered it. So we've got to make sure that when the ball hits the ground and we draw it off them, 
we come up with the ball. So that means guys got to be flowing the ball, multiple hats to the point of attack all the time, and being aware when it hits on down, they're getting out good ball security, you know, cradling it and don't come out of the pile without it. Coach, when you look at the other side of the ball, as far as the Raiders are concerned, um, you know, Crosby's a, a worker bee, man. He just uh, he's relentless as far as his energy and his work rate. Talk about them as a defense overall. To me, it starts with most of these teams up front, and they're no different. You know, you talk about Marinelli being the defensive line coach and, you know, what his history in this league has been with the great defensive lines he's had. And these guys play the same style of, you know, being fast, athletic, penetrating, getting up the field. That's really they do a great job of. You know, Crosby's a long guy. He plays with his length. He can run by on the edge. He has a great spin move getting back inside. You know, between him and Jefferson, a lot of times working pass rush games together on the inside. You know, you got, you know, Gakway and Hankins playing in there, doing a good job. And, you know, really, this is an aggressive, penetrating type of team that really gets after you and sets the tone. You know, the backers do a great job of scraping and playing over top of the game. Perryman's been doing a very good job this year, really finding the ball. He's very active back there. And Corey Littleton's really one of the top guys in the league. And this guy plays more to his instincts and athleticism than coming out and trying to thump you. And uh, KJ Wright's a guy we've known for some time. Obviously, his years in those great Seattle defenses. Now he's playing with Gus again, you know, in Vegas, and, and he's doing a very good job again. You know, on the back end, you know, they play very, I don't want to say simple. That, that's an insult to say it simply, but they play what they play and they play it very soundly and they get after you. You know, they play a lot of the same combinations of, you know, that cover three, it almost plays like quarters. And they've seen just about every route combination come their way. So they're used to matching everything and play it top down. And, you know, they really make their hay on hustling to the ball, tackling you, getting you on the ground and getting you into a third down situation, getting you off the field. So you got to protect up front and you got to be alert for these guys in the back end of how they play a good zone vision and aggressively attack the ball in the air. Coach, you know, it's funny. You, you brought up something simple. Uh, sometimes people in the media and fans are looking for exotic and all this other stuff, but sometimes simple is the best answer. Just like I always find it interesting when, when people say something about a quarterback and they say, well, he manages the game really well, but don't the greatest quarterbacks manage the game? I mean, you were around Brady, Joe Montana, manage the game johnny unitas manage the game that's part of playing the position isn't it yeah you know what look i've had the opportunity around some really good quarterbacks i think the one thing i really learned just watching them execute watching them play it's their approach to the game and how it's they're not trying to go out there and win the game themselves they're just trying to give the ball to the guys who make plays in space and taking what someone presents and gives you you know over and over and over you really watch the great ones who have done it you know throughout their careers you look at the brady's the peyton mannings the drew breezes how many checkdowns they hit over and over and over and they just force you to go ahead and come up and tackle, and they bleed you slowly down the field. And eventually, you get impatient, and they hit you over the top for an explosive play. And really, that's a lot of what Carr is doing this year. And they're staying committed to the run, the checkdowns, the screens, and open up opportunities for those explosive passes going down the field. Coach, best of luck. I appreciate it. That's Giants head coach Joe Judge. We thank him. We thank Vic Tafer. And, of course, we thank Matt Parrott for joining us on this preview edition of the Giants Huddle Podcast, getting ready for the Giants and Raiders. I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you next time on the Giants Huddle.